Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here fit and firing on the 5th of March for an action-packed episode. Joining me is Mr. Lee Hancock. Come on, guys, Lee here. And Mr. Roe Hancock. How are we, Nick? The boys are back. Guys, Good. massive episode today. It has been an action-packed week. Every week is. But today we're going to kind of channel that... Uh, that, I guess intensity that's been shown on the court, we're going to channel it into it today's episode. Mm, very Today, cute. we have the return instalment of everyone's favourite debate segment, Judge, Jury and Executioner. It's going to, it's almost a bit of a battle of the brains, this one. So yeah. for any of our new listeners, we'll explain that shortly before we get into it. Um, but certainly looking forward to that. And just from memory, just quickly, Nick. Uh, here we go. They, these are actually one of the one of, if not the most heated type of episodes. These debates, aren't they? They are. Yeah, I think this so. is a real test of where we're at as a group. Bit of steam coming out of the ears. And I know you and I, Lee, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, what what two of us are, don't mind having a bark at each other? I think it's probably me and you. Nick. I think it's you and I. <laughs> you and just I, clash sometimes, but that's good. That's good. And we to be it. honest, I think with the topics we've got in store today, I think there's going to be a couple of tight tussles mm. in in the fold. So looking forward to that. Great. Guys, we'll also recap some odds and ends and the week that was. Before we get into it, though, a big shout out to both the Spotlight Sports Network and the cover with Lane McGrath there. Mm. Uh, you know, I really appreciate being part of both both those both both both, <laughs> both those enough. groups there who are, you know, just enhancing and leveling up the podcast game for content creators such as ourselves. So super excited and appreciate everything that you're both doing. Sure. Guys, we ticked over 1,900 Instagram followers during the week. We are mm. well on the march to 2,000. So yes. everyone who's rocking with us, we really appreciate it. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, wherever you listen to the show, like, subscribe, do all that great stuff. We certainly appreciate it. And we looking do. forward to that big 2,000 milestone, aren't we? It's not we far are. away. What, what? what can we do to celebrate the 2K? I feel like it's a monumentous occasion. What can we do? Would it be... Would it be Bear to get pissed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is that, we I'll don't say. really need a special occasion for it, but <laughs> twist my arm. Yeah, no, but we'll, we'll have something twisted. in store. Looking forward to that. I'm promoting the podcast. Actually, I've done a fair bit of promoting have work. You? Um, we've got this notice board, and we've oh. just done this like new um spotlight thing, like staff spotlight. And I've had to say like a bit about myself. A fun fact: I've not really? only put that I do a basketball podcast. The names on it too. So. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Fancy going awesome. into the dentist for a, for your you know annual checkup, and you've got this guy sprouting his podcast while your mouth wide <laughs> I have open. To plug it. Well, I don't know away with it. Like working in the sports or into sport, there. Shout out yeah. to them as well. You know, I drop it to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that goes past, but it kind of fits in. Whereas right. the dentist is just completely exactly left field. Right. So. There's no segue. How do you segue the podcast, Lee? That's my. I yeah. just it was a it was um something. You can catch Liam doing on the weekends oh. on the podcast, the <laughs> Daily like Dribble. I like it. Yeah, mate. no, that's good. Fair play to you there. Yeah. Excellent. Guys, let's get into it. Odds and ends. I'll kickstart us here. Yep. With the news that former number one pick, he's had over a year out in the sidelines with a torn ACL. Markel Fultz mm. made his triumphant return to the league for the Magic the other day. Exciting. Uh, came in there 119-103 win over the Pacers. He dropped 10, 10 points, two rebounds, and six assists in 16 minutes. Mm. So how do we feel about this, fellas? Former number one pick, isn't that, you know, just funny to say? It is. Yeah, it feels feels like a lifetime ago, really, that he was drafted with all that hype. And that I was think, the same year Tatum just would have been. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I reckon it was, actually. Um, but he was one of those guys coming into the league that many thought would be ready-made yes. um, for the yeah. league. And obviously injuries have riddled his career so far. But it's so good to see him back um, for the simple fact that just prior to his injury, he was actually showing glimpses of being um, a very valuable player going forward. So keen to see him back. To be honest, from just what we saw the other day, his jump shot looks a little bit better, mm-hmm. a smoother motion because that thing was broken. Was stuck, um, so good to see there. Just a quick question though on the magic. We don't mm-hmm. shine too much of a light on the Orlando magic here. <laughs> but you look at how they're kind of constructed now. They've got those kind of three key young guards. You've got Suggs, you've got Cole Anthony, mm-hmm. and you've got Fultz now. If you've got to run with two of them, who's the third piece getting chopped, would you say? Just in this hypothetical question, if you had to cut one of them, who are you getting one, rid of? The one off the bat is um, Suggs. I'd say he's getting he's getting chopped. I just see more value out of the other two. I think Cole Anthony, you lock him in. Don't you, you? He's I love Cole automatic, isn't he? It's, it's interesting, though, because, look, I would probably cut Suggs in saying that. Um, I'm worried, still worried about Mark L. Fultz and yep. his injury concerns. Absolutely. Um, so that is the big worry. But yes. just off based off what we've seen so far, 
and given the fact that Marco Fultz has showed he can, you know, be a valuable player going forward, I think I'd cut Suggs, unfortunately. Now, here's a quick little one, because I think one of you guys this morning, if memory serves correctly, might have picked this bloke up in our fantasy league off the waivers. Victor Oladipo is set to make his return within this within the week, within yeah. the next few days. Um, I think they face the Rockets is yes. it on Monday or yeah. Tuesday, forgive me. Um, but Victor Oladipo making his return to the league league. You, you know, see benefit you know, there? You know why I picked him up? I picked him up. I dropped Nick Claxton because he's been playing awful. I picked up Oladipo. <laughs> I just put him on the injury list. I put him on IL just to see how he's going. Well, I did that with Michael Porter Jr. because yeah. he's set to maybe come back maybe very shortly. Come back. Um, but no. Oladipo, how do we feel about this? This Heat team is rolling at the minute. Yeah, we, we, well, we talked about it before, and um, it's going to be interesting to see the role that mm. he does play. You wouldn't yep. expect him to get too many um, minutes, and it is a team with a lot of you know high-volume scorers. So... Um, no, I'm excited for Depot to come back, but what what are we going to get out of him? Mm. What do you reckon, Ro? Do you reckon he'll be able to perform? Um, time will tell. He's been out of the game a long time. I think he might take a little bit of time to readjust. Yep. Um, but I think once he gets back into the full swing of things and can say, you know, on top of his injury concerns, who's to say he can't get back to, you know, being a super valuable player? Likewise with Lee, I'm interested to see the role he plays yeah. for this team because they've already got their core group of guys um, I'm assuming he'll have to come off the bench going Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. How's it going to be in conjunction with Tyler Harrow? I tell you what, man, he's cooking at the minute. Yes. He is scorching yes. hot. Yeah. That guy is just like he's almost doing what Jordan Clarkson did, you know, the last couple of seasons, but doing it better. The yeah. way he comes yeah. off and just can just score like at a blistering pace is phenomenal. So yeah. fun to watch, isn't it? Oh, and what a benefit to that team having a guy that you can entrust with that second unit to not only keep keep things afloat, mm. but actually enhance what the starters are doing. It's quite spectacular to see the turnaround, though, from oh. last season. Like, how do you go from his performance last season to, I think, yesterday dropping 30 points, five rebounds and seven assists? It's quite crazy. Let mm. me pose this because his stocks were on the rise yeah. in the bubble and then they came plummeting back to earth. Yes, they did. Back on the rise now and, you know, probably at his peak value. Yeah. Do you think that can continue or do you think... You know, there's a chance to have a regression. You know, so far it's been an up and down kind of ride with Hero so far. But do you think he's really poised to make his mark in the league and really become a legitimate superstar? I don't know about superstar. It's always hard to predict, you know, how players are going to play in the future because you don't know. But I guess we've seen him regress before. So there's always that chance that it could happen. We saw it happen with Jordan Clarkson a bit this year. But um, my hope is that he can, if he's in the role he's in now, he can just stay the way is fun mm. guy to watch and i think i i think the same as well and i think he's he had to have that year um that down year um heat he, check year it, it was a heat check year because he was so hot the year Pun before <laughs> good it's but good no he's in that role he thrives in it i think he'll be valuable going forward well a guy who we've spoken about a lot we won't touch on this one for too long but mm. ben simmons um is apparently dealing with back soreness since mm. his uh inclusion with brooklyn there um just in the reconditioning process, the muscles need to be strengthened a little bit before we see him back on the court. No timetable as of yet. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is – it's just its just so frustrating, isn't it? Because this guy is in – like I, I've spoken to quite a lot of people actually at work during the week about this Ben mm-hmm. Simmons situation, and he's in the ideal place for him. Yeah. We spoke, Like I won't speak about it too much, but the shooters and the team that's kind of constructed around him, like he is in the perfect – you know, position to thrive here. And really the key part is getting on the court. He just has to play. So we certainly hope it's sooner rather than later. But we expected this. When you have however many months he had off, I expected him, he wouldn't. But why is he not been conditioning himself while he, like it's not as if he's been injured, he's been dealing with mental health. That's, yeah, that's a question I think we'd all love to know, but we know how like poor Ben Simmons is at, um, you know, conditioning Hypoth- for the NBA. Hypothetically, just say um, the play- you come around to the playoffs yep. and he's ready to go. He hasn't played a game so far this season. Yep. Are you putting him into the lineup come playoffs? Well, I tell you what, the question will be whether they make the playoffs or not, given yep. they're currently sitting in the playing pitcher. <laughs> Um, let's base it on that the plane and it's like say it's a do or die game i think oh, that's, that's a do or that's die tough game. i think you've got to put him in i think he plays well, oh, you've okay. got to play him i think yeah of mm. course you do but you i tell you what they will be absolutely they will just be going wild <laughs> the nets fans if he decides not to shoot in a do or die game and he lets them down all they oh. ask for is a matchup in the playoffs philly against the brooklyn oh. nets that 
Is that too much to ask? Unbelievable. Reckon, that would be must-watch TV. You reckon Ben Simmons is a bit nervous and scared to come back after the backlash? I think he's putting on this... It's sort of like a persona that he's not overly worried. Yeah. But I just imagine coming back to that hostile environment. Yeah. He would be shitting himself. I think he'd he? like, be feeling really? a lot better knowing he's not in Philly anymore. Yeah. But you know, on the on the chance that they do have to go to Philly in a playoff series, I, I reckon he'd be pulling the old sicky tree. <laughs> There'd be no MJ flu game. There would be the sick game. I'm having it off. Yeah. No, I tend to agree. On Guys, the track of the Brooklyn Nets, yeah. though, I just want to say, assuming the cases stay on track. Um, New York are, are assuming they, they're going to lift their um, vaccine mandate, mandate on the mm-hmm. March the 7th. So two days, meaning Kyrie Irving will be able to play all games. All games. Yeah, I really? don't think, yeah, it's just we don't understand just how important that will be yes. and how big of a loss he has been at what times. This game the season. other day where he, he dropped, oh, it was earlier in the week, I think, and he dropped mm-hmm. like 37 yeah. points and mm-hmm. he put on an absolute clinic and just kind of refreshed in everyone's mind, what a quality player he is. Um, it'd be a massive so inclusion for them and certainly helping there. They're pushing the back, air, back end of the season here. Yep. Michael Porter Jr. is also set to be cleared for on-court contact within the next week. Uh, we're expecting to see him hopefully during the month of March. But for the Nuggets, a team that's really kept things, like Jokic has done such a phenomenal job in keeping things afloat here. Mm. Um, you know, without his two main running mates in Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, Absolutely. Um, hopefully he can come back. And again, a guy with so much potential, hopefully he can start to put things in place to help him get to the next level. Yeah. Um, and Lee, your boys, the Hornets, mm. Isaiah Thomas signed a 10 day contract with the, with the Hornets. Mm-hmm. He averaged 41 points over his last three G league games, which, mm. which got him into that, uh, that position mm. for another 10 day contract. Yeah. Now we've, we've spent a lot of time on IT because he's bounced around with so many 10 day mm. contracts. Do you think the Hornets are a good fit for IT? No. No, I'm going to say no. I've, I've, I've explained how I feel about IT and that we've given him a fair few chances over the last year and with his 10-day contracts, he hasn't really performed. We've got an abundance of guards over at the Hornets. We don't really need IT. I love your IT, but <laughs> performing in the G League and performing in the NBA are two different things. You can drop 40 points in the G League and then... He comes to the horn as he dropped 10 points. Um, well, just quickly, did you hear, I digress slightly, yeah. but was it the Celtics are picking yeah. up Nick Stauskas? Yeah. He, he's dropped 100 points Jeez. over his last two G League games. He had, a, I think, a 57 and a 43. Yeah. So there you go. But, Again, I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 seem to think, I, I seem to think he would come to the NBA and the level, um, the talent level discrepancy will be quite big. Yeah. But still, he's done everything that he should have done in the um, G League. So. IT just need like, I keep saying it, but he just needs to be set for like a couple of months, like Lance Stevenson. Yeah. Being, you know, get the contract and just be given till the end of the year to have a little bit of, you know, weight off the shoulders and mm. be able to play a little more freely because yep. 10 days, you've only got a handful of games to actually prove your worth. And there is a big amount of pressure. So absolutely, hopefully he can rise to it and continue to, uh, you know, find time within the league. Yeah. Can, like, you, can you talk about Giddy? Can you bring him up? Or should I? Should I? If you, are you go. Giddy, fourth, fourth month. In a row, he's won rookie of the rookie of the month. Sorry, in the Western Conference, he oh has my just dominated it. And for some unknown reason, he's still not in rookie of the year. I contention. heard that this morning. That was all about Mobley and Scotty Barnes, yeah. and I was thinking, you can't be serious. This guy's won four on the trot. He's an all star. Like he's well, not an all star, should I say? It was in the all star, you know, reserves, mm. not the reserves. The you know the the rookie game. Yeah, they the changed the name game, this year, one. the Rising yeah. Stars Rising game. Star. But nevertheless, what he's doing, he's, you know, not semi-close to, you know, averaging a triple-double and it's really kind of paving the way for rookies yet not probably getting the uh, the accolades he deserves. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a shame because uh, you, you tend to think if he was a US product, he'd be, you know, so highly regarded at the moment, but he's... Not getting the um, credit. I tell you what, this Rookie of the Year race, though, is going to be incredible. You've got those three. You've got Cade Cunningham, who's start, mm. starting to kind of hit his straps and, you know, make us realise why he was a number one pick. Yep. And you've got Jalen Green as well, who's, you know, seen a bit of an uptick. He had a huge game the other day versus the Jazz in their overtime loss. So also starting to make a bit of noise. But there is four to five really legitimate chances here of winning it. So a lot of rookies starting to find their feet as the season progresses, isn't it? Which Absolutely. is which tends to be the case most years. Yep. Lads mm. love it. Real quick one from me. The, the Lakers are waving DeAndre Jordan 
They've signed DJ Augustine and Wenyan Gabriel. Thoughts? Um, DJ, a another fan. old name. God. Doesn't move the needle much. We'll probably touch on the Lakers a little bit later in the show, but yeah. I'll just, I guess, forewarn that there's nothing good to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Philly emerging as the most likely destination there for DeAndre Jordan. Um, at the minute, you know, losing backup big man Andre Drummond. They've got Willie Cauley-Stein kind of filling that backup role. Mm. DeAndre Jordan, I think, could almost be the end of his line. He's more of just a locker room hype guy now. Uh, I don't know <laughs> how is. much he can bring on the court. He's so Jared Dudley at this point. Jared, every Where team needs he? a Jared Dudley. Where is Duddles? Huh? Where is Duddles? That guy's history, isn't he? Uh, I feel like he's still somewhere. <laughs> he's like on the lake. It's just he, he probably gone, is, eh? He hasn't gone into the shadows, I don't think. God, there you Duddles. go. Jared Dudley, a name not being mentioned. Probably on this pod ever before. Since, but no, he's, he, we haven't mentioned him since the bubble. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, bubble. Bubble Dudley. Fellas, do you have anything else from the NBA odds and ends? No. Okay, I'll just mention a couple of quick points here from the NBL. Um, only a handful of games to go before the playoffs. Actually, after the episode, we're doing a little early episode here today, driving up to Launceston afterwards to see the uh, the boys take on the New Zealand Breakers. You so, are. Yep. Yeah, the yeah. long, arduous road up to yeah, North Tassie. He's, he's up the old uh, Midlands Highway, a couple of hour trip, but looking forward to that. Yep. Uh, went to the game on Monday night. Absolute, just phenomenal to see the Jack Jumps play mm. the Wildcats. See our boy Vic Law mm. lighten it up. Oh. He was phenomenal. Um, and Bryce Cotton, like I ended up going with a few of the work people, mm. and I said, you know, this is the guy. This is the damn MVP the last few years. He is next level NBA quality. NBA quality, and he just tore it apart. We had a really bright start, but ended up going down eighty nine to seventy eight. Really missed Will Magne there, um, just on the offensive boards in yep. particular. Uh, Vic Law was just eating them for fun. Um, and just the offense was pretty stagnant. I don't know if either of you guys watched the game. I uh, watched a little bit yeah. of it. Yeah, just the offense was so, so stagnant, just settling for threes. Mm. Um, I think they got a little bit gun-ho after their, their performance against mm. the Illawarra Hawks the other week. But, um, you know, it'll be pretty hard to make the playoffs now. But just want to say what a phenomenal, and we'll do like an end-season recap for the NBL, but what a yep. phenomenal first season it's been. Um, the way they've kind of captured... I guess the whole nation's imagination with what they've been able to achieve as a first-year franchise is fantastic. Um, and the league as a whole, it's really a battle for the top four now. We've got five teams who are really, really conjoined at the top. With, uh, the Wildcats, Melbourne United, South East Melbourne Phoenix, the Illawarra Hawks, and the, probably the surprise packet of them all, the Sydney Kings, mm. really jostling five teams for four spots. Uh, it's going to be a chaotic last couple of weeks for the NBL before the playoffs. Yeah. Now, true or false, Nick? Yeah. Um, you've got courtside tickets to this upcoming game. Well, well, yes. I, I didn't fork out a cent from them. They were no. a, a nice gift. <laughs> that was um, my follow-up question. How did, how did you go about getting them and how much did you pay for them? A little silver tongue surfing over here, just uh, spinning a yarn. But yeah, I, uh, I, I need to make sure we've actually got the tickets. Like they've, they've Not kind of, you haven't I, secured them. I, I haven't got them in my hand as of yet. So okay. I tell you what, it'd be a long drive up the highway <laughs> so, uh, but I tell you what, look out for any NBL fans. If you catch this, we'll upload this episode very shortly. If you catch this episode before the game, it tips off five five thirty there. Yep. Uh, look courtside. It's free food, free drink, <laughs> free I, autograph. I hope. So. Yeah. Absolutely. No, are you give me out autograph. Oh, absolutely. I'll have the daily <laughs> jumper jump on. <laughs> but um, free drink. So look out. You might even see free me on drinks. the court at one point or another. <laughs> I'm, I'm going for the half court shot. To be honest. <laughs> Can you please? Just, that would make my whole whole year. Here we just, go. Just quickly, they've had one like the last couple of games. So they yeah. do, they bring a couple of people out and they've got three shots. They've got a half court shot, a right. three pointer, and a free throw. Yeah. How do you reckon you fellas would fare? Oh, uh, so look, I, I'm not even certain I'd make the. Did you say layup was one? No, free oh, throw. God. And I've not seen anyone make it yet. To be perfectly honest, I feel like I'd have more shot getting the three point yeah, shot than the free too. throw. The pressure yeah. for that free I think throw. So. Too much for me. And the half court, hey, my, my levers here, my pipes just don't have it in them. <laughs> no. I reckon oh, you've actually, in the times we've gone to shoot, yeah. Lee, you've got actually a pretty good half court heave. So. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 It, doesn't he? You kind of almost do the push pass, don't you? Yeah, and after that yeah. um, after that discussion last week about the three-pointers, I, I watched our three-point video. I went 40% from the field. That was pretty good. Lee and was lights out that day, I will say. Bit of an anomaly, I think. It yeah. was a bit no, odd, wasn't it? No, no. There you go, Lee. You've done well, my friend. Fellas, we've got to pay the bills. So the team at Manscaped, we are very, very proud to announce we've got a continued partnership. Uh, we secured the bag. Yes. So <laughs> we are very happy to pr proudly announce our continued partnership with Manscaped. Yeah. Um, 
you know, guys, next level in men's grooming. And it's really helped elevate not only myself, but I think both of ours and a lot of our listeners who have jumped on board with us. I've heard nothing but good reviews from all the products. Likewise. And most in particular this morning, I got out of the shower, had a little bit of a shave, a bit of a tidy up, whatever else, and the bowl deodorant. Yes. Now, yep. you know, I, I am I am an absolute stickler for hygiene. I, I froth it. You know, someone who smells nice, it really makes a difference. It does. Mm. And I, I firmly believe that if you're, you know, your body should be clean, your body should smell good, but why shouldn't your bowls? No exactly. one asks this question. And it's why, a, it, it, it needs to be asked. Bowls? And often, you know, if you've got smelly bowls, you know about it very, very quickly. You do. So we here are priding ourselves on our, on our grooming game. Very excited to announce it. We've got some new products on the way that we're super excited mm. to share. But just want to reiterate everything that they're doing from the ball deodorant, the crop reviver, the crop preserver, everything Manscaped are doing at the minute. Guys, you need to jump on board with this. Have your balls smelling and looking as fresh as ours. Manscaped.com.au. Use our code DRIBBLE20 to get 20% off and free shipping. Yep. Might I add. Free Might shipping. Add. Free shipping. That's the big one. That's, free, that is big. Free shipping. Can I just be honest? When you order something online, it's like if anyone who ever has order, ordered on eBay, mm. and you see sometimes they sting you 15, 20 bucks for shipping. It turns it's your product. It can completely deter me from buying the product. So yes. I think it's a huge thing. So Manscaped continuing, continuing, should I say. As I said, we've got new products on the way, continuing to elevate the game in men's grooming. It really is the ultimate, the ultimate in men's grooming. They are. There's no other way to put it. It is the ultimate brand, company, and products for everything your balls need. So, guys, jump on board with the Daily Dribble team. Use the link just below, right there, right there. Link in our <laughs> bio as well on all of our socials. Use the code Dribble20 um, and upgrade your ball game to, to ours. So it's never been better. Yes, and we look forward absolutely. to continuing to share. We've got some big things in the work with Manscaped. So we'll share them over the coming weeks, but some really cool new products, super Jack to share with you guys. So keep an eye out for them. Thank you, Manscaped. Beautiful. Radio. Ball game, next level. Let's move ahead to our favorite debate segment, judge, jury, and executioner. It's iconic. What a tune. Oh, no, not that bit. <laughs> I think I went too early. Too early. Oh. You can't not listen to this tune and, like, bop along with it. You just feel... I feel so like fitting just, for the show. It's a, it's a song that you could walk down the main street of the city and just feel like the main character at the end of the day. It's a bit taxi driver, isn't bum, it? Bum. Mm. Unbelievable there. Law and Order, what a what a show. That's I tell you what, just cool. quickly, again, I just love it, but... Do you guys love, like, enjoy watching those kind of shows? The Criminal Minds, Law and Order. Blacklist. Black, Blacklist. Blacklist. Absolutely. Yeah. But those kind of shows? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I know this is deterring a little bit. No, but no, no. We love it. We, this we is used to we have a, the Entertainment Weekly segment, and goodness me, if it, I would be sprouting Blacklist that hard if that was still around. And we need oh, to bring, bring that back. back. Well, bring back my love you, child. Because I remember I did it, I think, the first time we did Entertainment Weekly, said the Blacklist. Did you just? Yeah. Okay. And okay. so... At that point, there wasn't as many seasons, so you might be able to come in and do it again and kind of recap the last yeah, few seasons. Yeah, happy to do that. Happy oh, to do that. What a show, The Blacklist, for anyone out there. <laughs> wow, how'd we get onto that? I don't know, but... Fellas, well, we well. have got three massive battles in store today. Uh, looking forward to them. Uh, we might start with mine first and foremost. So just quickly, for anyone who hasn't seen this segment before, Judge, Jury and Executioner, we've got three separate battles. Each of us will put forth a battle to the other two. They'll duke it out. And the, the, I guess the, the judge who asked the question uh, will then kind of rule in favour of who they think had the best case put forth for their particular answer. Mm, very keen. Um, it does. There's a lot of bragging rights on the line here. I know I've kind of somewhat struggled in the past. I've, I always get real close but not quite over the line. So here's hoping today is a different, uh, a different story altogether. Guys, I might start with my battle to you two. Go ahead. Now, I'm really looking to seeing a really solid case put forth here for the first case in the Daily Dribble Courthouse. The question is, who is your pick for MVP and why? Really sell me on it. I'll go first. I'm going first. Go first. Well, just points already for the intensity coming out of the <laughs> gate and really owning it. That was a bit of a power move. I it was. Lie. Probably the most dominant big man in the league this year. I'm going with Joel Embiid, Jojo. You can probably put Giannis up there with being the most dominant, but I think that Joel Embiid has done it at a higher level 
Um, he's just second behind Joel in uh, in, behind um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, sorry, in scoring with 29.3 points a game. And that puts him within striking distance of being the first centre to lead the league in scoring since Shaq in 2000. So that even you know how much you know MVP MVP voters um, love the narrative. That would that'd be yeah. a story there itself. Um, he did miss some time with COVID, um, which sets him back a little bit. But you saw how not bad, but the Philadelphia 76ers are pretty hopeless without him. I think they even might have slipped down to a playing spot. They won a massive losing streak. And him coming back and putting him to second in the East um, just speaks volumes to... That's how, second, Dali. Second in the East yeah, right now just speaks volumes to how, how much of an impact he brings to the 76ers. Um, He's kept them in home court contention coming into the playoffs. Um, and probably the biggest narrative of it all, he's done it all without Ben Simmons. Through the rumours, through the drama, he's come out on top and he's proved that he's that leader of the Philadelphia 76ers. And he, he's led them to second in the East and he's been so dominant while doing it. Uh, uh, yeah, me personally, in my core, Joel Embiid is going to win the the MVP this year. Let me pose a question to you then. Go ahead. So we've still got a few weeks to go, mm. and we'll hear from Rowan in a moment, but a few weeks to go with the inclusion of James Harden now, mm. especially in this kind of last mm. month or two, Tyrese Maxey starting to ball out as that third option. Yeah. Do you think there's the potential, especially Harden, mm. that he might take a few votes away from Embiid, just because we're going to see him put up big assist numbers, point numbers, everything of the kind. It might slightly, just slightly take mm. away from what Embiid's doing and maybe, you know, at, you know, recency bias comes into play, mm. take a little bit of the shine off Embiid in the last few weeks. Look, if it was the Houston Rockets, James Harden coming over, I'd probably say yes, because he was a pure scorer and he was probably at his, yeah, he, he was just an all-out scorer. Mm-hmm. Since he's gone to the Nets, he's fully transformed his game to... Be a guy who can score at will when he wants, but he's he's mainly a facilitator now, and he's probably one of the best, if not the best, in the game. Um, and it goes without saying that James Harden is is going to help Philly win. Um, yeah. And we know how important um, a good record is to an MVP case. So to cut my answer short, no, I don't think that that James Harden is going to take votes. I think he's actually going to improve Joel Embiid's odds. Well, let me just kind of counter back to that almost. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of, I guess, in comparison with what Chris Paul and Devin Booker are doing. Yes. You know, Chris Paul's almost playing that James Harden role in the sense, facilitating more, mm. being the key cog who kind of runs mm. the offense, and Devin Booker being the Joel Embiid who just out and out scores. Yeah. You know, certainly not identical cases with the way Embiid defends and rebounds and everything of the kind, mm. but the way they've kind of cannibalized each other, you, you're not seeing similarities there? Uh, I guess I see similarities, but and neither of which Chris Paul and you know out at the moment and Devin Booker are really in that MVP talk. Yeah, I, I see that, but I I just think James Harden it improves Joel Embiid's you know gameplay immensely, yep. and and that speaks volumes for how how good Joel Embiid was playing without James Harden there. So um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll it'll be too much of a issue. I think it'll in fact. Um, Better, better. Can I just ask a quick question? Okay. So, sorry, this Your Honour. Sorry, Your Honour. Mark, you need the big I, bloody I apologise. Where's the hammer? Um, so, so you think Joel Embiid will win it, but do you think he should win it? Oh. Yes, definitely. What do you mean, do I think? I wouldn't be putting this case Have a think it. about it. Have a think about it. Do you think he should win it? Yeah. After, after, like given given some of the other candidates that are in and around the picture, do you think he should win it based off what the award is all about being yes. the most valuable? Yes, he's very valuable to his team. Why do you think that's? Oh no, doubt think... he's valuable, but is yeah. he the most valuable? Whoa, this I is so. this is no, good no. Stuff. What's your what's your response? I think so. I think mm. someone who's second in the league in scoring, someone who um, has be able to lead that team without Ben Simmons by his side. Um, I'd, I'd say without a doubt, he's definitely most deserving for the MVP. No, I'm not fair. saying I'm not saying the other candidates aren't around the mark because mm. there are a couple couple other guys that have had outstanding seasons. I just think Joel Embiid has had the most outstanding season. Well, let's transition to your Ooh, your okay. uh, your 
I, what do you call it? I forgot. My case? Your my, case? I don't what, know. What, what, my defence? Your defence. That's the argument. I'm looking for. No, it's a, Your defence. Argument? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what we've just lost the terminology it. in amongst the we excitement have. of everything. No legal junkies amongst us, are they? No, nah, it would have been fun though, wouldn't it? To like study to be, law? Yeah, I think. Oh, I don't not, know. Not just study law, but I think to be <laughs> to in the courtroom and give them the old, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> You know, something like that. I, yeah, that would be quite fun. I won't lie. And let Tom me just Cruise, Jack Nichols, step there. Oh, anyway, yeah. Ah, you good men. Let me just say, um, Your Honour, you're looking very nice today, very groomed, and I think the manscapes worked quite well on you. I just thought I'd get that out of the way. Little and bum liquor. Yeah, I like go. it, though. Um, no, it's good for my ego. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we need to stroke that ego, <laughs> Absolutely. don't Absolutely. What um, have you got for me, big boy? Look, prior to looking into this, and when the question was asked, my immediate thought, and I'm I'm an honest man, you've got to be honest in court. Mm. My honest thoughts were that Joel Embiid would be the recipient of the MVP this year. Now, this was due to the fact that I was buying into a lot of media push mm. because we know every single year the media try to run a narrative to make it to make one of these MVP candidates stand out more than the other. I think they've done that with Joel Embiid this year. I've looked in to it, done my own research, as I think you need to. My pick this year will be Nikola Jokic to go back to back. Now, we've seen in recent years, with probably the exception of Giannis, that it's quite difficult to go back to back in MVP. Absolutely. um, Purely due to what I was mentioning before, the fact that the media try to push other candidates into the limelight, which is... 100% 100% understandable. We, we all want these guys to get their roses while they're still around. But Nikola Jokic, now I'm a man of stats because I think stats are super important. That's stat, isn't it? Um, it's a fact at the end of the day. So Nikola Jokic this year averaging 25.4 points, mm-hmm. 13.8 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Th- that's three rebounds up from last year in his MVP year and it's a career high. assists and shooting 56% from the field, which is absolutely unheard of. So let's look at it from a statistics point of view. He's having an all-around better season than he did in his MVP year. In terms of rebounds, as I said, he's he's the highest amount of rebounds average um, in his career. Now, we'll also look at the company that he had last year in comparison to this year. So we've got Michael Porter Jr., as we were mentioning before. He's only played a measly nine games this season. Mm -hmm. Last year, he played uh, 61 games. So he was a contributor to um, the Nuggets, helping out Jokic on a nightly basis. He was averaging 19 points. So that's 19 points that Jokic didn't have to score. Yep. Also, um, Jamal Murray, who hasn't even played a game this year. Yeah, that's crazy. And he... He played um, the majority of games last year. Um, so he's their second best player and he hasn't played a game this year as well. So um, I think we just have to have a proper think of what valuable actually means. Who's their next best player for the Nuggets? I would argue this year it's been Will Barton. I'd say Barton. Who's the next best player for the Philadelphia 76ers? Obviously, now, obviously Harden hasn't been there, and I'm not going to include him um, Maxie, at this point. Tobias Harris. Maxi, Tobias Harris. I Seth would say Curry when he was Seth there. Seth Curry, Matthias Thibault, mm-hmm. Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond was bowling out. So you've got to think of the guys who are there to support him. Um, and then all things considered, this is my last point. So the 76ers are second in the East at the moment, and that's that. it's incredible. And I, I agree with all the points that Lee put forward. At the end of the day, um, the Denver Nuggets are six in the West, but they're only two games um, behind the 76 yep. in terms of wins. So look at the sort of rosters next to each other and look at the performance, the individual performances. Do you think if on uh, sorry, do you think if Nikola Jokic got taken out of that lineup, where do you think the Denver Nuggets would be in comparison to taking Joel Embiid out of that 76ers lineup? You could say the same for taking away any team said superstar. You could. Where you, would where would the I don't know where would the Bucks be without Giannis? Where would where would I, the Seventy Sixers be without Joel Embiid? I might also just mention as well. I think durability has to come into this case as well. Yep. Um. So Joel Embiid has missed twelve games. Jokic has missed six. So the the games that Jokic hasn't played, the Nuggets been one and five without him. Not a good strike rate, is it? Um. Seventy Six has gone four and eight. They've, they've, they've managed. Yeah. Um, so I think given the fact that 
Jokic has had an all-around, statistically, better year, had less help. They're only a few games outside of the, you know, top four. Given all this, I think he he ha- I would be genuinely surprised if he didn't win it this year. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. That's okay. Both very, on. very compelling cases and a lot to weigh up there because both are, without a doubt, legitimate, legitimate cases to win it. Um, it's hard to, to begin with, I guess, the first point I thought of, like, mm. initially when I asked this question and just from the way the media's almost built it, it almost felt as if it's a foregone conclusion that MB will win it. Mm. I, and that's what I thought as well. Um, they, oh, they, they portray it. it that way, but it is like a head-on-head race. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's a close oh, it race. It, it is, is a very a close, close race. race. And I think, because I likewise did a bit of diving into this just you know, for the actual question itself, and yeah. that was the thing that stood out to me, the point you made, Ro, the fact that Philly is second and have a really good, court, I guess, case to probably jump to number one over the coming yeah. weeks, yeah. the way they're playing. The acquisition only, of James Harden, yeah. Acquisition of James Harden certainly helps, but the fact they're only two games ahead of the Nuggets yeah. just shows, you know, I guess what Jokic is doing. Mm. Like he's, he would have them as a top couple of seed in the East if they were there whilst doing it without, you know, his two biggest running mates. And the fact of the matter is I think that point, I just to, to sum it up, my answer will be okay. Jokic. Thank and that's you, not, right. not to take away from your argument or what Embiid's doing, but no. I think that point, if you were to take Embiid out, Philly certainly aren't going to be as good, but they'd still mm-hmm. be able to keep things afloat. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you take out Jokic, they are an absolute train wreck, and he's really making a lot of players around him better, as is Embiid, but mm-hmm. I think you know Embiid puts up a lot more numbers, which mm-hmm. is good, but I think Jokic would, is probably adding more benefit at the moment. And just purely for the fact, I think, there's a potential that James Harden in this last few weeks will take a bit of the shine mm-hmm. off what, what Embiid's doing. Mm-hmm. I agreed with all, all, but, of, all of Lee's points as yeah, well, yeah. and I, I think they're all valid points and it's going to be a super close race. I think whoever wins it, it's going, to be, it's going to be a real, real tight battle mm-hmm. and they'll certainly will have earned it. Absolutely. Yes. It, it, uh, it, when doing my research, though, it shocked me to see that Basically, statistically, he's having the year that he did last year, apart from the rebounds where he's up three. Yeah. That's that's like three rebounds over a year is big. It's enormous. So, big. oh, dear. I was, when I was doing my research, I was scared. I was a bit skeptical that the amount of games that Joel Embiid had missed yeah. would deter it. He's played 49 games with 21 left. If he plays them all, say he plays them all, he would have played 70 all up. That's not bad. Giannis, when he won his MVP in 2020, only played 63 games. Yeah. LeBron, 2011 with the Heat, played 62. Malone in 99, when he won, only played 49. It just goes to show that it kind of how elite you are outweighs how many games. Sometimes you, you just can't be ignored. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. There is a bit of weight to it, but, yeah, sometimes you're right. You just mm-hmm. can't. Malone only 49. There you go. Yeah, that's, 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 that's phenomenal. That's a great little uh, pick from you there, Lee. Bella's. Well done to both. Roy, you take the chocolates on this one. I'll ask the next question if you don't mind. Please do. What have you got for us, mate? So, obviously, you're an NBA fan, so you would have seen the numerous comparisons between Ja Morant this year Absolutely. with Derek Rose in his absolute prime, which was about yep. the 2010-2011 um, time frame. Yep. There's been so many comparisons. Now, my question to you guys would be, who would you take out of – 2011 Derrick Rose and 2022 Ja Morant to lead you to the promised land, a championship. Who would you take out of the two of them? Should I flex some muscle and go first? Go ahead. I went first last time. All right, there you go. Um, a little bit of recency bias, of course, but yeah. I will go with Ja. And now, you know, the similarities are just incredible. It's almost a like for like. And what yeah. Ja is doing, what Derrick Rose did in his MVP season, incredible. Ja, what he is doing with this Grizzlies team is just next level. So similarity is incredible. Jar takes, you know, the cake in scoring and rebounding. Rose gets the nod in assists. Jar gets the nod in the field goal percentage, three-point percentage. Um, Rose on the free throw. So, you know, pretty similar in all aspects mm-hmm. there. The big thing for me, though, is what Jar is doing with this such a young team. Mm-hmm. When Rose was there, you know, granted it wasn't the greatest team, I guess, but there was experience within that. You know, you look at Carlos Boozer, Cole Corver, Keith Bogans, a couple of other names who provided, you know, a bit of leadership and experience to not only help nurture this team as a whole, but nurture Rose. 
and give him the kind of tools to elevate his own game. Yep. So he had a lot more help. Jar's doing this. He is, this team, every single player bar Stephen Adams and Kyle Anderson, who are both 28, every single player is under that age. So he is doing it mm-hmm. with the like the youngest team in the league. Um, and it's got them sitting third at the moment. Very, very likely that they're going to jump up to the number two seed. And like I guess that is my big point. I think the fact is he did it without, you know, any help really on the experience front. He's kind of navigating these waters by himself. Stevie Adams, bit of a locker room guy, which is fantastic, but not to the same level as some of the players that Rose had around him. Mm-hmm. And I really think this team, you know, as awful as it was, and you know, God forbid if he hadn't have got injured, what this Bulls team might have been able to do with Rose at the helm. But I think the Grizzlies. And this is coming from someone who has not believed in them at all over the last few years. Even this year, I had them kind of, kind of squabbling down the bottom. You were a non-believer. I am a non-believer, but I'm I'm getting to the point now where I have a really good level of confidence in this team. Not only to be good this year, but I think the way Jar's going about things, the yeah. way he's kind of helping build this young talent around him. You look at Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., and the crew alike. They are poised, like OKC. They're a team for the next five to ten years. I think they can really sustain the success they've got. Again, a big part of which due to the fact they're all young. Mm. All of these players are young um, and they've got players with such high potential with Jar leading the way. So my argument is they're very similarly matched in actual ability and output. Yep. But what Jar's doing with this younger team and leading them the way is without really any help or experience is uh, what's what's drawn me to Jar in this one. But mm-hmm. either way, you couldn't fault having either of them. 100% agree. Now, what was the turning point? I'm just in, uh, intrigued for you, Nick. What was the turning point for you and your thoughts with the Grizzlies? Um, because yep. uh, we, we know, as you pointed out before, you were a non-believer. I don't know yep. if you're still a non-believer. No, no, I'm a believer. No, you're a big believer now. I'm a now. big believer. But what was that turning point? What did you have to see from the Grizzlies to become a believer? I think it's just the bulk of work now that have seen enough games to show that it's not just a bit of a anomaly or a purple patch yeah flash in the pan absolutely that they can consistently do this they've done it now on a year-on-year basis and they're continuing to improve Mm -hmm. and just looking at probably the strides that players like jar have made desmond baines made big muscles yeah that guy's jack (laughs) but just i guess just them for the point of conversation namely along with everyone else the strides they've made this season they look like a really more well-rounded complete team and the fact that arguably losing one of their biggest pieces in Balanchunas, mm. bringing in Adams, different players, but that has not, like they've actually gotten better. Yes. I so I think that's a testament to the younger players around in this group. They do get so much exposure as well. Yeah. Um, like Shijar Moran is the face of the NBA Instagram right now and that's it. and it's deserving yep. as well. Um, so, like, I agree with your points because I think Shijar Moran's a great player as well. We, but... we Just quickly, we like throwing fun facts around in, in the courtroom. Did, did you guys see that Jar Moran, that video of him hitting that buzzer beater was the most viewed NBA video of all time? Really? On no, social media? Wow. Given the state of social media and how big it is, particularly over the last sort of 10 years and all the NBA highlights and for that one to be the most viewed, you can sort of tell that he's going, he is what going to be the next moment phase. that was. 52 points, a career high for him. I you know, digress slightly, but yeah. that game against the Spurs there, that like that game it was just the full jar Morant experience having the dunks that 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 half well not half court that mm. full court heave from Stevie Adams jar was on the baseline to the side like falling away <laughs> to put that in on the buzzer was just ridiculous the way he can slither in and around and the way his game's evolving with mm. his three point stroke as well he is he's got big big things lined up for his career so he's a big ball up I won't go away I won't take away Lee now Lee. What is your response to this? I've gone with Derek Rose for mine, obviously. I think recency bias, even like you said, Nick, might help your case a little bit because we've seen Jar more in recent times. Um, but I'm going to try throw you guys back to that 2010-2011 season um, with D. Rose and the Bulls. So that season he averaged 25-7-4. and four. Um, And, you know, you can't really look at stats too much. Even though those are pretty good stats, you can't look at stats from 2011 and then 2022 because it's a completely different game. Um, but I just want to kind of go over the competition that D-Rose had to face in the 2010-2011 season. You look at the point guards 
had to go up against New Orleans CP3, OKC Russ, Steph Curry, Tony Parker when he was in, probably near his prime. Forget about, forget about the point guards. Think about the rest of the competition. You had, yeah. you had to go up against the King LeBron when he was in, arguably, his prime as well over at the Miami Heat. He was. You had to go up against Kobe, Dirk, KD. And he beat them all. Not only did he beat them all for that MVP race, he beat them all at 22 years of age, being the youngest in NBA history to do so. First point, that that competition was just... It, it, competition's always hard, but that's some damn hard competition. It was. I want to go to what D-Rose led the Bulls to and a bit throughout the playoffs. So D-Rose led them to not only the playoffs, but the best record in the league at 62 and 20. Um, and that was the first time that had happened um, with the Bulls since 1997 with MJ. Round one, they beat Paul George's and Danny Granger's paces, led by who? Derrick Rose. Round two, they beat one of the better defensive teams in the Atlanta Hawk, who led them to them wins. Derrick Rose again. <laughs> Round three, Eastern Conference Finals, they went down to the Miami Heat. But I, I challenge you to find a team that would go up against, you know, LeBron James in his prime, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and come out on top. So, um, I don't know, it's hard to find a team. And then probably the most unfortunate and heartbreaking thing to not only happen in NBA history, but I'd say sporting history, um, he, he suffered a... ACL tear in his left knee um, during the 2012 um, first round playoffs against the Philadelphia 76ers. And his his career kind of took a unfortunate, you know, sharp decline from there. But it's, it's just crazy to think that we didn't even really see prime D-Rose because I don't think he had reached his prime um, yet. And that just goes to show how good D-Rose actually was um, at that time. And let me just finish it off. In the wise words of LeBron James, even when a superhero gets kicked down, he's still a superhero. <laughs> D Rose for mine. Did LeBron say that? Did he? He did. Oh, I must have missed that. Well, one, I missed that I like one too. <laughs> he's still a still a superhero. I was waiting to hear what quote would come out. <laughs> what wise words of wisdom would come out of Lee's mouth? Oh my goodness! Um, in our history of doing this segment, this one has me the most torn. Still to this moment, as I'm talking, I don't have mm. a clear winner because I see I see valid points for both sides. Now Lee got me. With the nostalgia. Not the he, he didn't get me with the superhero <laughs> line, even though I did like that. But Lee did get me with the nostalgia side of things because I think I think he's right in saying that the recency bias probably does help your case, Nick, in terms of we're seeing this right as now, at yeah. as at yeah, the, the current moment. Whereas I think back to when I was getting into basketball and it was my first few years watching basketball, Derek Rose was superhuman i hadn't i at that point apart from maybe lebron i hadn't seen someone who impressed me that much on a nightly basis now your points on jamarantnik in terms of being as young as he is with a young squad leading from the front you know hopefully in the future taking them to the promised land that really jumped out at me and i i think that deserves a lot of weight as well um, because I think it, it just goes to show the type of player that he is, that he will no doubt lead, be the leader for this team for a, for a long time to come. Yeah. Um, but the dreaded but. <laughs> my answer is at the time of before Derek Rose's injury, I would still take Derek Rose in his prime despite what we're seeing from Jar at the moment. Not to say that he won't go down and he won't win championships, but I think not going down with that ACL injury, I had full belief that eventually that Chicago Bulls team, led by Derrick Rose, would have taken them to the promised land. Yeah. I feel almost a little bit sick in saying this because Jamaran is one of, if not the most exciting player in the league with so much upside at the moment. But you know what? It just goes to show how good Derek Rose was before he went down with that injury. It's, it, it might be, it might, some people might be thinking it's a no brainer in terms of going with Ja Morant just because of, I guess, what we've seen from him, particularly this year. But Derek Rose, I remember it as clear as day. And I think 
I think the nostalgia aspect has got, gotten to me a little bit, but also just knowing how how incredible of a player, once in a generation type player he was. And the saddest thing was for him to go down the way he did. I'm so sorry, Nick. Congrats to Lee. He, oh, he's taken that one. Flat. I just, oh, you put in, I get so close every time. You put in an incredible case. And I, to be honest, I didn't make my decision until I was talking. I had I had to do it on the go. But Derek Rose for mine. You um, you guys have seen the movie. I think is it American Psycho with Edward Norton. Uh, American it, Psycho. Is that no, Patrick what's it called? No, not American Psycho. What's no, it called no, again? No. Oh, I don't can't even know who Edward, Edward Norton. Norton. Yeah, he used to play um, the Hulk. Anyway, Norton, here's a who. Yeah, anyway, a there's guess. a scene in there where it's like, <laughs> oh, it's not American. Yeah, I, I got mixed up there. But yes. there's a scene where like it's full curb stomp. Gets the guy's jaw oh. over the curb and just like, that's the end of him. Oh, I feel like that. I feel apologies. like I've just had my mouth on the curb and you've just put the boot straight through me. Oh, Do you understand. know? Because for both my debates, the Joel and B, Nicola, Jokic one, and this one, I can see both sides. Of the yeah, story no, I so well. I do, but yeah. I just needed a win. But he wanted some. He I wanted a theater. But I, I do like both chance. these ones, and I think even the next one as well. Like these, you know, I think we say this every week, but mm. I truly believe these three battles, and we're about to go to yours now, mm. are probably the three hardest separate yes absolutely um, i had cases for yeah for both sides on every single absolutely. one absolutely yeah. well done to you there lee yes okay as nick wipes his tears away Ooh. from his face you have a chance to redeem i do yeah so, move on onwards so and upwards. spark up so <laughs> and i reckon you've got a good chance now mike might in the towel mate no i'm not throwing in the towel but i'm just giving you a bit of motivation and keep you going so you don't walk out at this early stage of the pod thanks pal that's all right okay what do you got like? my question is who had the bigger impact on their team throughout their championship seasons? Dennis Rodman and the Bulls, with the Bulls, sorry, or Draymond Green with the Golden State Warriors? You up first this time? Yeah, I can go, go first this yep. time. Yep, absolutely. So I this is a, another extremely tricky one. Um, I have gone with Dennis Rodman. Now, I, I don't think the best player in the game to ever have played the game in Michael Jordan would recruit you if he didn't think that you were going to serve him as a valuable asset to win a championship. Now, of course, we know how the story went. We all watched The Last Dance and some of us watched it live. They won the three-peat with Dennis Rodman coming over in the 96, 97, 98 seasons. Um, so we know just from a from that standpoint that he's come across to that team and he's served as the almost the difference in those years coming up against some of the best big men of all time, um, particularly like Carl Malone in some of those years um, was arguably, and Shaq, arguably the best big men in the game at that time. Um, but I don't think you think of those championships that both he won with Chicago and to a certain extent with the Detroit Pistons prior to coming to Chicago without Dennis Rodman. Um, we, we saw in his early years, in Detroit, how valuable he was to that team. So much so that in the conference finals in 89 and 90, the team that he was on defeated Michael Jordan's Chicago yeah. Bulls. Now that's, I think that's an, that's an incredible stat. Um, in, in terms of playing his role selflessly and with probably the most energy and passion that I've seen out of a player in NBA history, Rodman would have to be that player. He could have 20 boards, he could have 10 of those offensive boards, but he could also have zero points and zero yeah. assists, but he would be such a – he would sometimes be the most impactful player on the court at that time just due to the stuff that he was doing on the defensive end. His ability to take monster boards, his ability to defend these guys with a level of physicality that I don't think we have ever seen before and to a level, Nick, that I don't think we'll ever see again. So I think he was – he was such an important part of the championship teams that he was a part of. Um, and it's crazy to think also, I know this doesn't necessarily relate to the championships in those years necessarily, but in those three years that he was with the Chicago Bulls, he became the all-time leading rebounder per game um, for the Chicago Bulls just in those three years. Mm. It just shows the impact that he had yeah. despite his personality which was we all know which was eccentric, eccentric <laughs> to say the least and um we know his off-court stuff was a bit of could have been a deterrent for some teams but michael jordan the best player to ever ever have played the game believed in him so much and believed in his ability to 
lead them, well, not lead them, but to assist them in winning their championships, that he just, he let all that other stuff go down by the wayside. So I think he is probably, like, it, it is an extremely tough one, but I think Rodman in those championship years have, has had a bigger impact on that team than um, Nick's man here. Okay, so I've gone Draymond Green. I would just kind of fire back in the sense that, you know, even when he was with the Pistons, Rodman, mm. the Bulls were good. Oh, they were. Absolutely. They were good. They went on to win the next couple of championships after that, even before he came on board. Mm. So they were already the elite team within the league before they added Rodman. And it's kind of like the Warriors adding KD afterwards. Yeah. So it was kind of an extra piece that wasn't needed. It helped. So, like, as good as he was, they still would have been a good team without him. Whereas Draymond is the heart and soul of the Warriors. Um, you know, he's a better, more vocal leader, like enhancing for as good as, like, I guess for the Bulls, everyone feeds off Rodman's energy, which is great. And it's second to none, no debating that. But likewise, Draymond's energy, everything flows through him. And like the able, the ability for him to actually vocalise and kind of coach this team on the court is huge. We've all seen clips. There's a real one of uh, him guiding uh, James Wiseman, it was, I think it was last season, um, you know, and actually breaking down plays. The way he can nurture the younger players, mm. I think he does a better job of and kind of almost playing that role as coach yeah. with mm. Steve Kerr. Um, as a player, I think there's no doubting whatsoever, Rodman, arguably the greatest rebounder of all time. Um, but I think Draymond on the court is more well-rounded. His ability... To be a triple-double threat almost every night in the sense of scoring, shoots the three-point ball. Robin never did that. He doesn't shoot it as a great clip, but at least he takes it and is a piece to his arsenal. Yep. He's, he can rebound the ball well and really bang with some of the bigger guys and lock down on the defensive end as well. Um, but his playmaking as well, the what he does, like this team is focused around Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. He probably doesn't get the accolades he sometimes deserves. But if you watch the way they've been playing the last month or two without Draymond... There is a real clear correlation between their wins with him on the court and without him. Um, so I guess probably my main piece is looking at what Draymond does with the players around him in terms of probably elevating them more, whereas Rodman was probably, in some regards, a better player in certain aspects. I think Draymond elevates the team at a greater level just with his ability to be an on-floor on general. Yes. Okay. Um, being the key piece. Like, I won't go into too many stats, but I think that is a pretty mm. clear and paramount point for the case of Draymond Green. Okay. And I would be very, very surprised, I guess, just on that point, if we don't see him, you know, we know he's going into a media role now, mm. but in a coaching role in the future. Just yes. thus is his ability to direct. Oh, his leadership ability through is the roof. Phenomenal. Um, okay. And that, like, he is... A huge piece is what transforms them into a dynasty. Before him, they weren't really anything, mm-hmm. um, whereas the Bulls were already a good team. So that's what he, my argument hinges on there. Okay. This is tough. They're both very, a tough one. very good arguments put forth, and it is so tough. They're both, they both have so many similarities, though. Like, I don't think either of the Chicago Bulls or the Golden State Warriors would have won as many as they did and succeed as as well as they did without either of those guys on the team. They're similar in the way that they just do what they need to do. You know, they don't try and be flashy. They don't go outside their kind 30 of... 30 points a game. Yeah, they, they play their role. They yeah. play their role yep. um, to a T. The thing... That is going to give my answer the edge here is Draymond Green's leadership skills and what he does do with the other players around him. Um, And you look at Dennis Rodman for how good he was. He just doesn't bring that element to the table. Instead, he was off in Vegas and he was off in the wrestling arena. So he was there. Whereas Draymond Green, you're completely right in saying he's – 100% 100% if he chooses to, of course, he has the ability of being a future coach in the NBA. Um, he makes everyone around him better. He's a triple-double threat. Each night he goes out in the court. And like I said, I don't think the Golden State Warriors would have won as many championships as they did if he was not on that team. So for that reason, I'm going with Nick and Draymond Green. Fellas, we all jagged one today. I like that. I like how that ended, to be perfectly honest with that's you. A, as much as I wanted ending. to win that last one, 
goodness me. I could see the tears welling up was, in your eyes. I was, Nico. I was thinking, yeah. oh, God, I hope he gets this one. <laughs> Fellas, I tell you what, like as we said halfway through there, I truly, truly believe they are probably our three most equal battles. All of them you could have flipped a coin with. And even as we asked the questions in our group, just nutting out the episode, it was like, oh, gee, which which way? Because they're a really compelling case for, gone for all options there. So I had a lot of fun doing that. Me I too. really enjoyed it. Um, guys, let us know. Hit us up on our socials during the week. Send us a message. Drop it on the uh, the post, whatever else. If you think we made the right decisions with these battles, uh, where we went right, where we went wrong, and who you would have put forth in your argument. What points would you have brought to the table? We love hearing from you guys. Let's quickly just do the week that was. Daily dribble. Now, we're pretty deep in the piece here, so I'm going to do it as a bit of a speed round here, mm. but just want to make a couple of points here. You go. So, the Harden-Embiid duo, we mentioned during the episode on Embiid there, these guys are looking the absolute mm. business. And I think, like we might have mentioned it a moment ago, we really need to start considering them as serious, serious title threats. Mm. They're not. Well, You're not right now. I, I, I am now and more so now over the last week or two just seeing what Harden has brought to this team. Yeah. Like Once they made the acquisition, it was still probably maybe but seen as them below the rung of maybe even the Nets for as poorly as they're doing, mm. below the Bucks, maybe the Suns. But oh, they are right. in that top, top tier. Top echelon, aren't they? So do you think we're going to see, here's my question, are we going to see Philly in the NBA Finals, are they going to come out of the East? Yes I'm, or no? What have you got? I'm saying yes, and it might be recency bias because I've done so much research on, yeah. on Joel and Beaton, so heard so many good things about him. But I truly, to my core, think they're going to come out the East. Will they win their Finals? I don't know, but I, I have faith in saying that they're coming out the East on top. That is so tough. Oh, um, Roy, let me ask you this, then, yeah. just to help maybe give a little bit of clarity. Yeah. In a matchup, let's say it goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's say it's the Bucks mm, versus this is Philly. The one I was thinking about what have you got? Bucks were the other team that I was thinking about. I would go and stay with the Bucks, to be perfectly honest would with you? you. Yep. I th- even with the acquisition. And my, my big point hinges on if Brooke Lopez is back, I will say the Bucks. If he's not yeah. back, I'm taking Philly. Yeah, Joel Embiid. Who's who would he go up against? Serge Ibaka. Um, Serge. Uh, I, I, Ooh, I think Embiid could 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 uh, do a bit of damage there. So if if yep. Brook Lopez is back, I'll say the Bucks. If not, say Philly. Then, but then who's who's guarding Giannis? Oh, I don't even know you who. Could, you could put Big Toby on him. Yeah, Toby's not seeing a chance against yeah. Giannis, is he? It's I tell you what, it's it. going to be such a good matchup. I can't wait to see what they can do on the other side. The Timberwolves. Currently mm. sitting seventh at the minute, and they've kind of had an up and down season there. It's mm. starting to go on the up, peaking at the right time. How do we feel about the Timberwolves? Honest, do we think they can make some noise? I think. Uh, like, well, what do you think of them as a team? Okay, let me say as a team, they're they're probably my second favorite team right now. I absolutely love the Timberwolves. Oh. Do I think they'll make some noise? No, not this year, unfortunately not. But I think next year, um, once they get a bit more in um, the works with each other, not that they aren't this year, but once they have time to improve with each other, they're going to be scary. Like, I absolutely love them. I remember this week, oh, me, and Ro, this up. me and Ro, always on Wednesday night, we play three games. I got Timberwolves two times in a row. and. When, we, when you get two times in a row the same team, you're like, okay, I'll go again. I was like, no, nah, I'm going <laughs> back to wolves. back. I love the Wolves. No, yeah. look, D'Angelo Russell was broken that night. Yeah. He was just like, there was just greens all over the yeah. place. Um, that makes it tough. And like, but what they're doing, though, with that big three in Edwards, Cat, and Russell, like it's not a team, on, especially like as an offensive mm. force, that you want to come up against no. on a given night. No, they've got their core group of guys yep. ready to go. They just they? feel one or two pieces, maybe around yep. the edges, just from being legitimate kind of threats. I don't think in the starting lineup because I really like Vanderbilt and yeah. um, and um, Pat Bev there. I think they just though. need maybe another out and out score. Beasley's kind of hit and miss. Yeah, they need if a... they had like a hero to bring off, oh, they would be, be scary. Watch oh, out. Um, don't want to mention it. My boys, the Lakers. An absolutely horrible Ooh. run at the minute. Um, they went down 132 to 111 versus the Clippers yesterday. And again, they should have just won out and out. To start the third quarter, like I was watching, I had this on the big TV at work, and I was like, you've got to be taking the piss. They gave up a 26 to 2 run to start the third quarter, effectively ended the game. Yes. 
is their season over? Like, is this a wrap? Is there any hope that they can possibly make some noise in the plane in the playoffs after that? Should they make it? Like, or is this, it's over? I think it's over. I wouldn't put it past them to get into the playoffs, but I don't. To if, be honest, at this rate, if they lose a couple more games and if the Blazers actually cared, they could drop out of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't, I, I, I feel, I feel confident in saying they wouldn't even make it past the first round because if they do get in the playoffs, it's, it's at that seven or eight spot and yep. if you're going up against who the suns or so let's just say if, the God if State things ended today so in the plane would have the wolves playing the clippers the lakers playing the pelicans mm. so the winner or the loser should i say of the, the clippers wolves game would play the winner of the lakers pelicans let's just say lakers beat the pelicans which is not going to be an easy task given the way the pelicans are going mm. and the way the lakers are playing if the Lakers should somehow beat the loser of that game, the Timberwolves and Clippers, their reward is then coming up against the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who, you know, oh, they're no. going to absolutely wax us, I reckon. Yes. Like, it is going to take a borderline miracle for them to make any noise this year. It's yeah. been such a disappointment. Um, Isn't it funny how a year oh. changes in basketball? Like, last, was it last year we were talking about how the Lakers were coming up against the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the playoffs, and we were thinking, poor Phoenix, like... You know, to finish as high as they did and to come up against the Lakers. And now this year you're thinking the Lakers would stand absolutely zero chance against Phoenix Suns at full strength. But in fairness, did you see the comments Draymond made, was it yesterday, about the fact that once he heard like the Lakers, the Lakers fans were booing the other day um, in their game against the Clippers and he pretty much called them spoiled brats. Yeah, I agree. Just for the sense that we won a championship like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And And you've got LeBron LeBron still there, not taking him. A you know, very disappointing season thus far, though. They're going to have to really hope that AD comes back as an absolute monster. God, uh, when? Buddy, six weeks? Yeah, we've got a couple yeah. of weeks to go. So, fingers crossed Ooh. there. Fellas, been a massive episode. It's been a great It's one. been a good episode. Always love having these debates with us. It always brings a little bit of fire and intensity. And it's always good for us as well just to kind of express ourselves and kind of Check it out to see who's the, the top dog here. Yes. Guys, we've got some big stuff coming with Manscaped. Shout out again to the Spotlight Sports Network and the cover. We'll be back next week with another action-packed episode. Make sure to use that link in our bio, Dribble20, for 20% off at manscaped.com.au. And free shipping. And free shipping. Free shipping. That's, That's the big one. The big Let's one. Till next week, guys. Love you. Bye.